Julia keeps these V8 energies that taste mostly like fruit juice than like, I don't know, flavored poison. <laughs> like like some energy drinks taste like. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Like I, this week has been the week where I fall back into monsters, which okay. I, I never was into until mm -hmm. my ex. Okay. And... Uh, I'm trying to break myself of it because I know that it's a terrible idea. Like, I, I was just thinking this morning, why am I sleeping so bad this week? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, because you're drinking 400 milligrams of caffeine every day. <laughs> yeah, a lot of energy drinks are made with, like, aspartame and stuff, which mm -hmm. I don't like. Uh, I just don't like the flavor of it. I can manage a stevia. I can do that. That's about as fake sugary as I'm willing to go. But most synthetic fake sugar just tastes awful and cloying to me. And it just like coats my tongue and I get all autistic about it. And I'm just like, no, can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is like got like caffeine or whatever from like green tea and one of those like, here's a million and one B vitamins. It reboots your system. Cuts the fatigue. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about how it works, right? Yeah. I'm okay. supposed to how that works. So I, I'm not sponsored, recommend V8 <laughs> Energy. Orange. This flavor was orange pineapple. They make it in a bunch of different flavors. Uh, tastes like a fruit drink. You know, what more can you do? Yeah. But Julia also turned me on to... Um, Red Bull makes good flavors now. Do they? Yeah, they have like a... They have like a strawberry apricot and like a peach and a mango and like it's the ones that aren't in the normal can. They're in the color can. It's just like yep. Red Bull Red, you know, Red Bull Orange or whatever. And they have like the color name on it and they sort of do taste like the color, but in a good way. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what I've been having is like a uh, monster, but it's Monster Rose. And I had to okay. double check that it's not it's not Rosé. Okay, it there's is no not accent. Monster Rose. No, there's no <laughs> accent. Um, and of course, the question is, well, what does Rose taste like? And the answer is, <laughs> like Monster, but like 20% less monstery. <laughs> Welcome to Bonus Experience! We are a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games, and we are queer people speaking with authority about games. And yes, we swear, die mad about it. And maybe on fire? <laughs> maybe on, and maybe on fire. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> I am, as always, your Polestar host. I am Monica, an industry professional. I am a designer, a developer, and a writer. You certainly know me because you're showing up here every episode to hear me, and you know what I'm about. But I'm here with someone else. Elliot, please introduce yourself. Tell our lovely audience who you are and what you do. Hi, my name is Elliot Freeman. I am a freelance writer and developer, primarily over on the Exalted line, where I have been a co-developer on Exigence, Sidereals, and Abyssals. And then I've gotten to work on some things like Exalted Essence with you. Yeah. And a little bit of Scion, which has been really fun, and some Trinity. Cool. So we're hanging out together to talk about the art of the character sheet. 
and how you you your topic pitch was most character sheets suck and i was like they sure do <laughs> let's talk about it <laughs> so to get this party started let's you clearly have strong opinions about this so let's talk about what makes a character sheet bad because there's a lot more examples of about bad ones than good ones so why like why do most character sheets suck let's just start right there what makes it bad so i think for me the biggest sin that a character sheet can have is that it looks like it was not made by anyone who has ever played or thought about playing the game. Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. There's this like division of skills and labor, especially, you know, in a big company, you've got art and layout, you've got design, they might not always overlap, communication might be hard. But even still, like, for me, a bad character sheet is going to be one that is fundamentally A really bad one is going to be hostile to the play experience. It's going to be something that's actively confusing. A, like, mundanely bad one, which I think is a depressing majority, at least, uh, you know, for kind of traditional games, especially, I think it's changing now, but just as a bigger percentage in the past, like, Mm -hmm. the mundane bad option is... This is just a place where you write down names of things and you're going to have to cross-reference 24,000 times None of it is going to have context. None of it is going to be prioritized based on what you actually need to look at or how often you need to look at it. It's literally just going to be a dump for information. And and maybe if you're lucky, it'll have like a note or two about how to use it. Yeah. I also think that one of the things that, that tends to make this really terrible is because of that division of labor is that whoever's doing the layout also sort of forgets that you need to write on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, like, the number one thing you do on a character sheet is write on it. And it's like, here's a spot that we intend for a thing that's like a paragraph long to fit in, and it is three lines long and yep. one inch across. And you're like, how? <laughs> or where there's just not enough, like, not only is there not enough space for it, there's not enough slots for it. Like, right. You know, you're supposed to be getting 15 little widgets, but they've only given you 10 little widget slots. And then presumably you need to print more pages of just right. more widgets. Yeah, I feel like if, you, if you're going to do the printable extra page like that, that page should be specifically designed for writing on. I'm looking at you every White Wolf character sheet. <laughs> every single one. <sighs> yeah. Just- unbroken eye contact with you right now (laughs) (laughs) give us something that's going to help us organize this information get to that information like that's what the character sheet is supposed to do it's supposed to record and it's supposed to direct like at least be good at doing one or the other right so how about we talk a little bit about some of the worst offenders oh my gosh some of the worst (laughs) offenders so so what do you think of when you hear bad character sheet? I think of two things right away. The first thing I think of is my frustration with every default exalted character sheet ever, which I literally just talked about, mm-hmm. which like frequently just fundamentally seem to be have made by someone, a layout person or whoever who like, like you said, didn't either is unfamiliar with the game or just was trying to make every, try, doing their best to try to make everything fit on one page. Cause there's also the challenge of like, you don't want your character sheet to be eight pages long. Yeah. That's a, I don't want to have to show up with a little, one of those little like, folders with the little slidey thing 
where you like put them in with a clear cover and it's like, here's my here's my book report. It's my character sheet. I mean, <laughs> you know, if I could get an exalted trapper keeper, I might consider it. You know, fair. Fair. <laughs> but I feel like it's a little unideal. The exigent of Lisa Frank. <laughs> and then the second thing I think of is when we were sharing some sheets together in our little pre-game message. I was like, your assassins, the mm -hmm. the great granddaddy of terrible character sheets. It's like some D and D sheets look like tax forms, and there's a certain utilitarianness to it that's like not pretty, but at least it's useful. This is like I, what did you say? How did you describe it? <laughs> the love child of the enneagram and a Sudoku puzzle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure out how to get this into the show notes somehow, or <laughs> or whatnot. But like. There's dots, and then there's more dots, and then there's bubbles, and it's like, it's a and little bit grids. of a scan. There's grids? There's a Scantron sheet. Like, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like I should fill this out in a number two pencil and slide it through a machine to be graded. Like, <laughs> uh, and then there's some words. There's so many words, like menacing, and dexterity, and exalted, and yeah. stamina. What are, what are these? What are, so the, the other thing is that, like, the sheet doesn't and I think a good character sheet tells you what's going on. Yeah. Like, you can progress through it and understand what kind of game you're playing. And this, I don't I what is happening. <laughs> I mean, it's just famously a strange example because it is like, there's not a really good, like, unifying logic to it. I don't know where to start. Uh -huh. I don't know where to look. You know, and uh, I, I don't want to talk too much shit because it's also, I have not ever played Yoris. I've read it in the distant past, but I, I have never played it. So I don't know. Maybe the mud whistling is completely unjustified. I don't think it is. Numenera's given it a run for its money, though. So Numenera, <laughs> like, there there are some sensible character sheets for Numenera, but like the ones that Monty Cook, like, sells... Mm -hmm. that are the fancy ones like this. I do not have any attention-related disorders that I know of, but <laughs> I look at this and my eyes completely glaze over. It's lovely. It like, is it's lovely. A, it's a cool design, mm -hmm. but I have no idea how to follow it because it's just this organically shaped nightmare labyrinth. Yeah, I, I like this little curved circle of static values, I think, in the middle. I think those are what those are. Give it, they say action. What? No, they're what? What? Okay, so I looked at it closer. Never mind. I was like, I bet that says like defense and whatnot. And it says one action, 10 minutes, one hour, <laughs> 10 hours. This is like for recovery rolls. That is what ADHD does feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this sheet is pretty, but not particularly usable. And I'm going to guess that that little block down on the left hand bottom corner that says special abilities is not nearly enough room to write down your special abilities yeah maybe at like first level i think uh, i think most of the cypher ones go like one through six and some of their abilities are pretty easy to write but a lot of them are gonna need a little bit more wordiness so you look at that and then like the ciphers up in the top right mm -hmm. don't really have enough room either and that's like the whole thing with cypher system is supposed to be that you've got all these little one use you know, doodads and googaws and and magnificent tchotchkes of power, and <laughs> there's there's barely enough room to write what they're named, much less what they're doing. So, 
Can you think of any other real stinkers? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it is, but I feel like I was traumatized by the first edition of Unknown Armies character sheet. Okay. But that's far enough in the past that I have I have repressed most of those memories. Mm-hmm. But I did feel, you know, personally attacked by them. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's just like a sea of mediocre, of, you know, just info dump character sheets. Stuff like the the White Wolf character sheets where it's just, okay, yes, I could have just written this on college-lined paper and I would have gotten exactly as much utility. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I also don't think I want to touch things like Pathfinder or any version of D&D because they tend to be either like overwrought or tax forms simply because of the nature of the game. But it is also one of those cases where like there's probably better ones and they're all fan made. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> can we plug, like, Mr. Gone? We can, who I believe works on commission these days. You know, more power to Mr. Gone, who I remember in the heady days of college and exalted when I had free time and joy left in my life. Like, Mr. Gone's sheets were a lifesaver for getting people to play exalted because trying to get them to write it down on the normal exalted sheets was like pulling teeth. And that's kind of generally true about lots of character sheets that he's done and has done, you know, great ones for other White Wolf properties. And just any time I've seen a Mr. Gone sheet, it has been professional. It looks like the sheet that you would expect to see for it, mm-hmm. but just with an eye for user experience. And I think yeah. that's the mark of a good character sheet. Yeah, I think there's a whole topic to be discussed on character sheets is UI. God, yes. I mean, I'm just saying, like, in defense of the folks who do character sheets, like, that is an entirely separate skill Mm -hmm. than, like, layout in a traditional publishing sense. So, like, I get it. I get that not every person who was hired to do layout has also been trained in, like, UX. Mm -hmm. But you can tell when someone has put that extra time and thought and probably training into it because it raises it up from being, like this is functional to, this is an active benefit to the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. The big thing I think that Mr. Gone does too is he makes them form-fillable. Yes! Which, like, a lot of the things like the D&D sheets or, you know, White Wolf Onyx Path sheets are just, like, the last page of the book for you mm-hmm. to photocopy, like it's 1998. Uh, <laughs> or print, because a lot of people have PDFs these days. But who owns a printer? Do do people even print off character sheets anymore? Like, the, there's also that, right? Like, do people even print off character sheets anymore? I sincerely don't know. I sincerely don't know either. I'm I'm old. Yeah. I f- fully admit it. I'm old. I've become a geezer. It's fine. I'm I'm, I'm embracing it. Mm-hmm. Embracing it and the geezer's paradox that the more I'm like, I'm not cool at all. I'm out of touch and boring. And people are like, you're awesome. I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So we're veering into the other half of this, right? Which is what makes a good character sheet? An eye for UI, right? Like user experience and user interface and usability and form fillability and things like that. I think a lot of like, apparently Pathfinder 2nd Edition has a phenomenal fan-made character builder app. So like, did you count that as a kind of character sheet? Because I think it generates one for you. Fully filled out. Like, my ancient wizened heart, like, recoils (laughs) from calling that a character sheet, but I also recognize that that is, for reasons that are completely invalid and not good, 
Yeah, no, that's a character sheet. You know, I guess it is really weird to think about the way that a good character sheet might change when we move electronically rather than just being, you know, tabletop RPGs used to be about as analog as you can get. And now, especially in the uh, post-Panera era, <laughs> uh, we suddenly, uh, we be- it became a much more digital enterprise than it was ever before. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, like, Foundry character sheets and, like, Roll20 character sheets are all character sheets, too, and even mm-hmm. more UI than a paper one. That's true poses an interesting question it does and i think like especially if you've got features that are built into those kinds of electronic character sheets that just make it easier to run and to do everything Mm -hmm. that is wonderful that's good experience i am playing a game right now that is a buffy the vampire cinematic unisystem game okay because apparently it's you know 2002 (laughs) uh did you print off the character sheets we didn't because we're using Roll20 and reminding ourselves that Roll20 is held together by, you know, spit and gumption. Mm-hmm. But it's wonderful because the dice roller on it is fairly easy to figure out. And, you know, it lets you change which attribute you're rolling with which skill pretty easily. And it automatically parses it into levels of success. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because there's, there's all sorts of games where interpreting those dice rolls as something that a character sheet can help you do Mm -hmm. is super useful. Like character sheets, if there is something in the game that I am going to have to reference 10 times an hour, Mm -hmm. it needs to be on the character sheet. Right. Yeah. It needs to be on the character sheet. It needs to be like stupid proof on the character sheet. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's something to be said for like things you have to look at regularly. Like, I don't know, your defenses in a very traditional game being, like, right front and fucking center somewhere. Yep. Like, I, I almost, you want to almost think of those as, like, like in a video game where you have your, like, actions and the little action bar, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, here's all the things, and you, so you can see them on cooldown. You almost want that to be, like, bam, right in your face. <laughs> we shared a bunch of examples of character sheets we think are really good, so why don't we talk about those for a sec and why? So, I, I am going to... Mia culpa here because I have not yet played Mothership, but a lot of my friends have played Mothership. I haven't played I've heard a lot. I haven't played Mothership either, so it's both of us. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it it is I, I think it's rightly lauded for its character sheet. Mm-hmm. And the neat part about it is that it is a flow chart. Mm-hmm. So the character sheet literally will walk you through character creation mm-hmm. as you kind of move through it. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is something that is super valuable to me. Like I didn't realize that the arrows were literally pointing from a stat to its derived value when I looked at Mm -hmm. it the first time, because I was like, why do people like this so much? It's a little busy. What's with all these arrows? And I didn't realize that they were, like, functional, not art, Mm -hmm. right? And that turned me around on it pretty quick, knowing that, like, oh, wait, these two stats literally say they go together, and then you follow the line, and it shows you what to calculate based on it. Absolutely. Speaking of of UI. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Speaking of UI. And, like, even if we do want to get a little bit more, like, into the weeds mm-hmm. of just the design, like, the arrows, when you first look at them, if you're not thinking of flowchart, they can be a little busy. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything else is so optimized for reading in terms of, like, the way that they use headings, in terms of the space that they give for the actual, like, little 
buttons and bubbles where they explain what you're doing. Like, I just think it has good contrast. It reads easily. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of clean in a character sheet. Which, speaking of, you also posted the Aegon character sheet, which is not a game I have also played. Uh, sorry, Terry. <laughs> he keeps being like, play Aegon with me. And I'm like, I, I want to. We just haven't had time to do it. I would love to give this a try. But this character sheet's beautiful in a in a very, like, pristine way. It is. It's very clean. Mm -hmm. It just, it completely works. The little touches of art that it does use in its icons are, are just like a perfect little touchstone. Like it's just enough to get the mood without, you know, without verging into the territory where it becomes distracting from the actual information itself, which I think is a really, really fine balance to have. Mm -hmm. But it, it just, you know, it gives you enough space to write down the stuff that you need. It makes it pretty easy to see at a glance what your major domains are going to be, the divine favors that you have. Ah, I just love it. I love the look of it. It's the kind of character sheet that you see and it becomes like an incitement. It's like, ooh, I want to put things on here. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, like you said, that there is some art and it's mm -hmm. like, they're like very simple symbols mm -hmm. that like, Aegon is a has like a Greek epic myth type vibe to it. You're playing very much Greek inspired heroes, right? If I'm remembering yeah. correctly, yeah. So Correct. like the the art they do use is very evocative of like ancient Grecian vases, <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's that's got that like clean geometric, you know, sharp black on a lightly colored background type deal. It, this this just a shield here. And then I think it's a shield and spears, and then there's a lyre and an owl and a torch. I mean the big circle, like oh oh yeah, Pinthos, that one. and then you follow that down. There's a big circle. Is that does that do something, or is that just a piece of art? It does something. I forget what it is. That's fine. I'm sure Terry will listen to this episode and explain <laughs> it to me in detail. Terry, I know you're listening. Please tell me what the shield means on the Aegon character sheet. And if you don't get that question, then you just know that Terry's not listening, and that is also valuable information <laughs> to have. So I think that segues really, really nicely into talking about playbooks as character sheets. Yeah. And one of the things that we both agreed was a top-tier character sheet design, Blades in the Dark. Yeah. One of the things that I have lauded repeatedly on bonus experience about playbooks is how you basically kind of start at the top and then work your way through it. And as you do that, it teaches you how to play your character. Yeah. And I, like, w the first time I did that, it was mind-blown, eye-opening to me. I didn't know that games could do that. It was one of those moments, you know. I, I, I strongly encourage everyone to play a game at some point in your life that makes you go, I didn't know games <laughs> could do that. I didn't know games could do that. It will make you better at game design and better at everything game-related to have your mind blown every now and then. And, like, since then, I've been like, okay, every character creation and character sheet should kind of do that for you. And the playbooks and the Blades in the Dark one are excellent examples of this. Absolutely. Like, the traditional, like, PBTA uh, Powered by the Apocalypse playbooks are one of the deep loves of my life because it's, you know, I think it's really intimidating for a lot of, especially, like, newer players or people who don't think that they're going to be able to, like, the players who, if you dropped a 350-page book in front of them, would recoil in horror, even though you know that they would dig it, mm -hmm. because 
in their experience, they do think of it as, oh, I'm going to have to file my taxes now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think playbooks are such a valuable bridge for a lot of those players because it is much less frightening and much more ergonomic to be able to give them, here, here are all the rules you need. Here are the basic moves on one sheet, and here is your playbook, which is on like maybe one sheet front and back. And most of the playbook you don't even have to care about yet because a lot of it are going to be moves that you don't have yet. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they teach you how they want it to be played. So I love PBTA books. Mm -hmm. I love the design of them. And despite the fact that I don't actually love playing Blades games, Fortune the Dark games, mm -hmm. I do think that their character sheet is top tier. Their playbook sheet is just so readable. Mm -hmm. It's got like the perfect set of contrast, the perfect amount of detail for me. One of my favorite little things that it does, and it's one of those things where the character sheet actually adds value is, so for most Forged in the Dark games, you've got like three categories of skill, right? Mm -hmm. And your resistance role is based off that like category of skill, which each has four subskills. And you get dice there for each of those skills that you have at least a die in. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at like a Blades character sheet, that's why it's got this little like line after the first dot mm -hmm. of each of those. So you can really easily like count up how many you've got for your resistance roll for that, for like insight or, or prowess or for resolve. Mm -hmm. And it's something that would take uh, like exactly what's happening right now. It takes a lot of time to like, explain out what it means right and if you see it in front of you it takes like no time yeah it's very 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 clear on one side of the page at the very top the first piece of information is the name of your crew which by the time you're filling this out in blazes our character creation you should already know that <laughs> <laughs> there's a mm -hmm. whole for people who aren't in the know there's a whole part of blades in the dark where you like sit down and make your crew who they're allied with who they oppose what they do like are you smugglers are you killers for hire are you pickpockets and ne'er dwells are you are you a cult there's one option that's just like are you a cult mm -hmm. and then your name which is your real name and your alias which is the name everyone will call you because of course you're, you're shady scoundrels you're not you're not using your real name and then your look a classic feature of a PBTA or Forge in the Dark game. And then it has your heritage and your background, both of which are mildly mechanically important. And then your your vice, which is also extremely mechanically important because it gets rid of stress. And this is we are not going to talk about the things we don't like about Blaze in the Dark, but we're talking about but, but, <laughs> but that's one of the things I don't like about Blaze in the Dark. And then of course your trauma, the track to becoming unplayable, a thing I love famously in games. That's sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> you have your damage, your healing, a clock for healing, and then armor, heavy, and specials, if you have any of those things. And then, like, a list of equipment and a thing of notes, right? And that's one page. And then the other side of it is the information from your playbook. And it tells you, like, the, the book walks you through this a little bit more clearly, but you pick one of these special abilities. You can continue to gain them as you level up. They are all, all of them are right there at the top in this nice box it's clean it's easy to read and the summary is brief and direct with your stats right next to it so like not only do you have your special abilities right there but the things you roll are right next to it and then there has has your your allies and your equipment and the xp table and i truly truly love <laughs> narrative based xp where yes. it's like 
You addressed a challenge with technical skill or mayhem. You expressed your beliefs, drives, heritage, or background. You struggled with issues from your vice or traumas during the session. <sighs> Love it. My favorite. And uh, a lot of a lot of playbook designs are put together like this, and I just I just think it's so good. It's like comprehensive design. It's mm -hmm. it's playbooks where thought has gone into the playbook, the character sheet as an implement of the game, not just like a a bare necessity. Mm -hmm. And you know, I even love it's got uh when you go to your equipment section. You've got your load where either it's like three for light, five for normal, six for heavy. Mm -hmm. And then it's just got like the checklist of things that you can add in as part of that load. Like that is great information design because it's got all the stuff that you need to know grouped together in a way that is so accessible. And it's going to be a question that gets asked so many times, especially with newer players or even older players. So to have that there. Not only is it useful, it's also provocative. Like, <laughs> it provokes them to think about load and how they can think about it and conceptualize it, which I think is above and beyond what good character sheet is. You know, it's mm -hmm. where it's actually getting them to think about the options that they have available to them. So I have a question for you about your other area of expertise as far as games go. Which is, mm -hmm. where did Jenna Games land on the character sheet spectrum? <laughs> um, <laughs> why would you ask me such a violent question? Uh, <laughs> do we need to explain what Jenna Games refers uh, to? Uh, yeah, sure. Maybe we just do a real quick. We're referring yeah. to the the, the body of the oeuvre, the body of work uh, by Dr. Jenna Moran, who the BXP audience should be fairly familiar with as Fair. we are the people who started calling her the good doctor which then stuck <gasps> <laughs> that was y'all that was us yeah i love it <laughs> yep uh mm -hmm. yeah that's from us uh love you uh mm -hmm. yes the, the, the body of work by the good doctor so yeah that's that's what jenna games are carry on with your assessment <laughs> They have not traditionally been wonderful, but they're also, they were also older. Um, I forget off the top of my head what the glitch sheet even looked like, because that's the most recent one. So I'm opening that right now. Okay. And I'm looking at it, and bless, it is kind of... <sighs> Jenna games are really, <laughs> really hard to... Like, every single Jenna game I've run... Mm -hmm. I've had like a custom Google sheet set up okay. because they're wonderful for getting people to like think about and write things out and be very discursive. They mm -hmm. are not, they're not games that condense well at all. So yeah, the official character sheet, probably not super great. And I can't really fault it because it is something where so much of the Jenna game, like joy comes from explaining and making notes and getting discursive like i recently described jenna games to my jenna games friends as a compendious exegesis of a text that doesn't exist <laughs> because it sometimes feels like you're reading commentary on something that you're not getting and i mean that in the most effusively enthusiastic way possible uh, <laughs> i know it's not always the best sell but 
You know, you want to talk about uh, play something where you realize, oh, games can do that. Nobilis was that moment for me. And then Chubos and then Glitch gave me so much to my design vocabulary that I wasn't getting anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But yeah, character sheet wise, not great. It provokes really (laughs) cool character sheets once you sit down and organize it. But it's something that I feel like is better done when the person is like laying it out for themselves. It incites folk art. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah, I was also going to ask, like, is it that a case where, like, uh, there's a fan-made sheet that's incredible? Is it another one of those? Is, is there a Mr. Gone glitch sheet? Because <laughs> he works on commissions, so I wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if someone just paid him to do it. It wouldn't shock me either. I don't know of one offhand. So, okay. if there is, tell me. Yell yeah. at me on Twitter. Yeah, if there is, please show it to us. We'd love to see it. BXP is brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing. Thank you. <laughs> Become a BXP patron. Patrons get an extended cut of every episode, episodes early, and a special place to hang out on our Discord, and you can support us for as little as $1 a month. If you'd rather support BXP without Patreon, you can subscribe to us on Coffee instead, ko-fi.com slash bonus exp, or just buy our stuff. Go to bxpcast.com slash swag and check out our merch page. We've got t-shirts, we got mugs, We got drawstring bags. We got, I think, notebooks. We got a lot of stuff. Go check it out. And don't forget that BXP is sponsored by Nerdy Kepi. You can get all kinds of rad queer swag. Remember to use code BXPCAST at checkout for 10% off. Never expires. And that's good for everything on the website. Like, we have exclusive NK bonus experience merch, including a shirt that says Margaret on it. uh, And another shirt that says Die Mad about it. A bunch of our logos in exclusive styles on mugs and a whole bunch of other things. Very cool, 10% off, but also you could, if you just want a pair of sneakers that are like by Pride Galaxy print, you can get those too, and we get the money either way. Support a small business, support us, 10% off, use it as many times as you want. Saying nice things is always free. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, because we're everywhere, and that helps us get more listeners. Also, tell your friends, tell your gaming group, tell the people at your D&D club who are all like, I wish I knew about more games. Slide them a bonus experience. Here you go. And if you like BXP, you will also like Faco with Advantage. Ange and Jared love talking about RPGs and D&D. Together they share insights into the games they're running in the campaign journal and then tackle a variety of topics that affect the game in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so they might as well record it. Maybe you'll even pick up an ancient D&D factoid about a previous edition of the game that you'll never use. (laughs) Fantastic ad read, you guys. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you can find more of us, bonus experience, at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you can send us an email to bonusexpcast at gmail.com and weigh in on whether or not we are right or wrong about all of these character sheet opinions, or send us some character sheets that you think are phenomenal. You can also chat with us on our Discord. Go to tinyurl.com slash bxpdiscord. And we have our entire back catalog is now up on YouTube. Look for Bonus Experience Podcast on YouTube, and you can listen to all of that there. Uh, Send your friends that way. Also, um, I know a lot of people have asked us for transcripts of our episodes, which would require us to do that manually. And we're doing this in our free time, so unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time for that. However, 
all YouTube, I believe we have all the YouTube videos set up with closed captions on. So if you are hard of hearing and have been wanting to listen to bonus experience, that's on YouTube. You can turn closed captions on and you can listen to us. We are so happy that that is an option. <laughs> so if your friends want a transcript, send them that way. So, Elliot, where can we find you on the internet? If people want to see more of you. You can find me on the shambling corpse of Twitter at Elliot M. Freeman, two L's, two T's. And I am usually somewhere haunting the Exalted Fan Discord. And theoretically, I'm also haunting the BXP Discord, too. Like, uh, I, I will occasionally put in an appearance there. Okay, yeah. Uh, now that you've been a co-host, I now have a co-host role. So <gasps> you'll you'll get a co-host role. Uh, if you're looking for me, I am on Tumblr at Dice-Wizard. I do still have a Twitter. It is at ZenithSun, but I have removed it from my phone, so I'm no longer updating it. Maybe someday it'll pull his head out of its ass and I'll, re <laughs> I'll start no. using it again. But no, I don't think that's hopeful for the future. And whenever the social media diaspora ends, I'll probably wind up somewhere cool and you can find me there in the future. But Tumblr's where I'm at right now. Also haunting a variety of discords as well, including the Exalted Fan Cord, the Official Onyx Path Corp Discord, and of course, the Bonus Experience Discord. And if you do really want to hear more of my beautiful voice, I am a sometimes guest of the podcast, The Eternal Mooncast, where I talk a lot about my other special interest, Sailor Moon. Uh, and that can be found that can be found at eternalmooncast.com, as well as the systematic understanding of everything, The Exalted Explainer, which... 30 some odd episodes long it's mostly complete we now just pick up episodes when it's time to talk about exotic kickstarters which elliot is also on a couple episodes as well and you can find that at exaltcast.com so i think that's everything all right everybody get out it's dinner time i gotta go we gotta go yep no, i mean yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep everyone out everyone out of the pool okay all right change it if you want to <laughs> Do I have to do this? Ugh, fine. Bonus Experience is written by Monica uh, and edited by Margaret. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the attribution non-commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Okay, there, I read it. Now, bye. BAM! Right in your face!